he's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 hope you had a great thanksgiving i did sick as a dog but i still did i don't know what this is i've been tested for covid i've been tested for the flu i've been tested for some rsv rvs whatever nothing all negative i have a theory that this COVID has really done damage to a lot of people's immune systems and perhaps the medicine and the science hasn't caught up with it yet. But whatever it is, man, I'm telling you, I'm still fighting it. But that said, there's a lot to deal with in the next three hours. And not all of it is the same. But I want to start with this. I want to issue a national, if not international, warning to our Israeli friends, to the people in Israel, to the leadership in Israel, to the Israelis that love their country and love their history. I am warning you right now that Joe Biden is betraying you. I'm warning you right now that Antony Blinken is betraying you. I am warning you right now that the American Democrat Party is betraying you. I am warning you right now that the American media are betraying you. And oddly enough, they have more negative, hostile things to say about the state of Israel and how they're trying to defend themselves than the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. I am telling you now that Israeli leaders, I don't care what party, I don't care who they are, have got to stop praising Joe Biden. Not for political reasons here or there, 
but because they're only motivating him and his radical administration to continue to put pressure behind the scenes and now in front of the scenes on that country like no other country has to face. All of this is predictable. Just look at my tweets for the last month or listen to my broadcast for the last month. A four-day ceasefire is not going to be a five-day, six-day, seven-day, whatever it takes. Fuel is pouring into the Gaza Strip. Fuel. So much for climate change. Nonetheless, fuel is pouring in. All kinds of benefits. That's right, medicine and food are pouring into Gaza. Rather than support the Israelis and say, do what you have to do and get this over with as quickly as you can, it's being dragged out. Because Biden does not want Israel to win. Blinken does not want Israel to win. Blinken, while you were sitting at the table with your turkey and other family members on the left, Blinken was conducting his diplomacy. He was pressuring Arab states to pressure Israel for a two-state solution. He's pressuring European states, the EU, to pressure Israel for a two-state solution. While at the same time, they are crippling Israel's ability to destroy their enemy. It seems like October 7th was so far away, does it not? So far away. And now we have the photos of hostages being released, little kids, elderly people, family reunions, that is, families that weren't slaughtered. And of course it's heart-wrenching. And of course we're happy to see it. But this isn't Hamas, this is Iran. Iran behind the scenes, they know what to do with hostages. They had us on a hook for 444 days until Reagan got elected. They got Obama to pay them billions. They got Biden to pay them billions. The stupid media in America is asking Kirby and others, how come no Americans have been released but this four-year-old girl? The answer is simple. They're playing Biden and Blinken like a fiddle. Oh, they'll let an American out here and there, but their goal is to let the Americans out, if not last, near last. Why? Because they have Biden pressuring Israel to allow Hamas to rearm, to reposition their terrorists. And they're hoping enough time will die out where people like Cindy McCain will be speaking out about the famine that's developing in Gaza. Here's the problem. <coughs> Excuse me. Most people know very little about wars that America has actually won. We had heroes, great heroes who fought in Afghanistan. Great heroes. 
who fought in Iraq. Great heroes, many who fought in Vietnam. Great heroes who fought in Korea. But in each one of those wars and others, the politicians pulled back. They didn't want a victory. Even in Vietnam, they went on forever with an enormous amount of deaths and casualties. Same with Korea. In the end, they didn't want an ultimate victory. We haven't had an ultimate victory, a sizable ultimate victory, really, if memory serves, since World War II. So most people today in America, certainly young people, are used to wars that have no actual definitive outcome or wars that we actually lose. And they expect the same of the Israelis. And so they don't know the consequences of war. That wars have to be won. They have to be carried through to the end. Particularly when the enemy, the Muslim Brotherhood and all of its offspring, and the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran say they're not going to stop under any circumstances. And so they play the West, which has a completely different mentality. And they play Biden, who has no mentality. And they take hostages, which is a war crime. They murder babies, a war crime. They rape women, a war crime. They use butchery to destroy the bodies of individuals in order to defy their faith, a war crime. And so here and there, oh, we'll give them 10 hostages back, and we'll give them 10 here, and the cameras will be there, the West will be there, and, the, and we'll delay, delay this longer and longer and longer and longer. We'll get more and more fuel. We'll get the world to turn on the Israelis. Now the Israelis are the, uh, are the oppressors. Now the Israelis are the, the, uh, mil- the militaristic state. And if it wasn't for Netanyahu, boy, we could get that him and his right-wing government out of there. Then we'd have peace in our time. And while we're at it, in the middle of the war, while we're at it in the middle of the war, we want this two-state solution. So they're blackmailing Israel. They're threatening Israel. We've sent our two carrier fleets over there. We've sent a nuclear sub over there. They haven't done a damn thing pretty much so far. Certainly the nuclear sub has no purpose. We don't even use them to defend our own soldiers. Not going to use them to defend Israelis. We don't even use them to defend Americans. But Joe Biden's showing strength, don't you know? And he's allowing the Israelis to continue to purchase weapons from us. I know of no president since the founding of the state of Israel who has refused to provide Israel with weapons except Barack Obama for a period of time. Biden's not doing anything extraordinary. Biden publicly says he wants this ceasefire to go on longer. And so there you are. Three-card Monty right there. Three, four days. Five, six days. 
A week, two weeks, three weeks. Same with nukes. Iran will not get a nuke, says the United States. Iran will not get a nuke, says the UN. Iran will not get a a nuke, says the EU. Even says Israel. But Iran's getting a nuke right now as I speak. And what's anybody going to do about it? Does that make you nervous, America? When they have ICBMs that can reach our country and threaten us? Israel is being betrayed as America is being betrayed. Joe Biden has betrayed our own country. He will not secure the border. And the last thing I read over the weekend was they're going to blame Trump for an open border. And they'll have the media behind them. They'll have the billionaires behind them. Because they lie. That's all they know to do. They lie. They're not going to run on Biden's record. They're going to lie about his record and, and lie about Trump. And I'll get to that in a minute. Joe Scarborough and Claire McCaskill. They're not going to escape my, uh, my response to what they said last week. Absolutely sickening about Donald Trump. Joe Biden rearmed Iran. If he hadn't done that, Israel wouldn't be in this situation. If he hadn't done that, these atrocities wouldn't have occurred. The radical left in Israel has been trying to topple Netanyahu for two years. They've tried to create a civil war. They told their military, their pilots, Mossad, don't take orders from Netanyahu. He's illegitimate. We're going to send him to prison. He's a radical. Thomas Friedman, here in the pages of the New York Times, never friendly to the Jews. Certainly not the Israelis. Never. They take no responsibility, none. I've been reading about the Roman Empire. There's no 100% parallel, of course. The Roman Empire fell for a lot of reasons, but in part, internal disputes and internal fighting. Isn't that always the way? That's how the Second Temple fell to the Romans. When the Jews broke up into factions and were fighting, killing each other, while the Romans were sieging We're laying siege to the Second Temple. And the Romans were fighting with each other. Their enemies, particularly today, what we would call the the Germans, but also the barbarians, they were organizing against them. In fact, the Romans let many of the barbarians into their country under pressure. Not political pressure, but they were on the border in huge numbers. So they decided to let some in. A lot in. Big mistake. Sound familiar? They lost their border. And yet the Roman Empire lasted a thousand years when you include the Republic and the Empire. America's around 250 years old. The border wide open. The Democrat Party at war with our own country. But I'm warning the Israelis tonight. 
You're being betrayed. You're being betrayed by an individual who doesn't care about his own people, let alone your people. That's why our border is open, and that's why he doesn't take hard steps to defend our soldiers in that region. I'll be right back. Mark in. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I want to get later to the issue of Joe Biden, the let them eat cake president. I didn't give a damn about you. I'm going to prove it. I want to get to uh, some of the things involving Trump because they're under the radar and they need to be right at eye level. What they're trying to do to him and what they're saying about him, which is despicable. But before we get to that, I have a minute left in this segment, but the next segment is very important. Remember I explained to you that people question, is Judaism an ethnicity or religion, a faith? And the correct answer is it's both. But for the self-hating secular Jews, it's not both. It's an ethnicity. <coughs> That's why they despise the Hasidim. That's why they despise the Orthodox Jews. That's why they despise so many who are Jewish, know nothing about them, are completely alien from them. I'm quite serious. And as my wife likes to say, their real faith is the Democrat Party. And why is that important? I'll get to that in a minute. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k, and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Call in to the Mark Levin Show now at 877 381 
3811. When people say to me, why do Jews, no matter what, vote overwhelmingly for Democrats? It's the wrong question. 95% of Orthodox Jews voted for Trump. The real issue is the divide within the Jewish community, just as there is divide in the Catholic community and Protestant communities and so forth. But I want to address this as a Jew. Catholics can address it for themselves, Protestants for themselves, Muslims for themselves, but I'll address it my way. You will not find. Let me put it to you this way. Judaism is both an ethnicity and a faith. But if you're not a faithful Jew, if you don't really believe that, and you just believe that it's an ethnicity, then you fit in very neatly with the left-wing Democrat party. Just as certain Catholics would, or certain Protestants would, or certain other people do. And the reason is, if you don't get real faith out of Judaism, or real faith out of Catholicism, or real faith out of whatever it is, then the faith you hold is the faith in government. That is, in the Democrat Party. And this is why Mises was talking about everybody talks like Marxists now. You listen to the left, whether they're Jews or otherwise, they all sound like Marxists. And so, The secularization of the solely ethnic Jewish people as opposed to the Jewish people who are recognized themselves as both an ethnicity and a faith has led to a great divide within the Jewish community. Which is why you have a guy like Thomas Friedman writing over here in the United States in the New York Times trashing Netanyahu and his unity government over and over and over again for the right-wing extremist religious parties, quote-unquote. You'll get that from the Democrat Party. You'll get that from the American media. You'll get that from the Biden administration. These extremist religious Jews, that's what they call them. There's never an extremist Marxist, whether they're Americans, whatever their faith, no, no, no. And here's the piece in Axios. By Andrew Solander, a little over a week ago, scoop Jewish Democrats lead push for Gaza fuel shipments. Now, why would Jewish Democrats be leading the fuel, the push for fuel for shipments to Gaza? Because they're Democrats. Regardless of how they were born, regardless of, of their ethnicity. This is why Thomas Friedman despises Israel, unless Israel does what he demands that Israel does. Same with Antony Blinken. I'm trying to explain this to the broader audience here. It says dozens of House Democrats led by their Jewish colleagues are calling for the Biden administration to press Israel to allow fuel shipments to Gaza, Axios has learned. Specifically, they're talking about this uh, Marxist, Jamie Raskin, whose dad was a big-time Marxist. Susan Wilde, Democrat, Pennsylvania, and Jan Schakowsky, another Marxist, out of Illinois, and it goes on. Mark, so why did Jewish... I told you why. 
because they're born Jews and maybe they'll show up at the high holidays and maybe, uh, you know, they'll know a few prayers. But it's not part of their being. That is, the faith is not part of their being. How do I know this? Because I was raised as a Reformed Jew. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And most of those reporting in the media who get very, very angry with me are of this mentality and this background. This is who they are. This is who they are. They are self-hating. And really what they're pushing is the Democrat Party agenda. Whatever Biden says, whatever Biden wants, whatever Blinken says, whatever Blinken wants, Thomas Friedman and all that. That's what they're promoting. So it's not a big deal to use Hamas statistics. So what? What's the big deal? And that's why you have this moral equivalency. When you abandon your faith, when you abandon morality, things as simple as the Ten Commandments, Or the Torah. Or for other faiths, whatever it is. Then you're nothing more than a political apparatchik. That's it. I identify as a Democrat. Right? I I identify as a Marxist. I identify as a leftist. I identify as a this. I identify as a that. I'm not part of this extremist right-wing religious cult, these different parties and so forth. That's why faithful Catholics, when they talk about abortion, they have the Joe Biden types and the Nancy Pelosi types. Oh, they will. They will acknowledge holidays. They'll get ashes put on their forehead. They'll, do, they'll go through the motions. But they don't really believe. Believe in what? What do they believe in? Government. It's what they believe in. And they're self-righteous about it. So there's many things. It's, it's got different levels. It's a bit complicated that you see playing out with Israel here. With Blinken. And Thomas Friedman. They hate for Netanyahu. Why they joined forces with Ehud Brach, a radical left-wing former and failed prime minister. Or the new Ehud Brach, Lapid. You see that too. And Bernie Sanders. I saw one report I think it was Friday, by one reporter who said that Bernie Sanders says aid to Israel must be conditioned now. They can't just get a blank check. we got to condition aid to Israel. And the reporter said, a Jewish member of the Senate. Bernie Sanders despises Orthodox Jews. Despises them. He's a Marxist. He's a Marxist. 
That's why the commingling of Hamas and Palestine, Palestinians. I want to read something to you if I can find it fast enough. And uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find it. Probably won't be able to in time. Uh, just bear with me, America. Let's see here. Well, I don't know where I put it, even though I tried. But I want to remind you at this point, Kitty Pavlich writes the other day at Town Hall, great site, a reminder about how Palestinians operate from Bill Clinton. And she writes, in the aftermath of the heinous October 7 Hamas attack against Israeli civilians, the Biden administration and European leaders have continued to call for a two-state solution. But while the elites in faraway countries advocate for a Palestinian state, former President Bill Clinton reminds the world this proposal has been rejected time and time again. I don't, we don't have that audio, do we, Rich? It was in the article. And he says, Hamas is really smart. When they decide to rocket Israel, they insinuate themselves in the hospitals, in the schools, in the highly populous areas. I killed myself to give Palestine a state, he said. I had a deal they turned down. I had a deal they turned down that would have given them all of Gaza, between 96 and 97% of the West Bank, compensating land in Israel, you name it. This is May 13, 2016, in Ewing Township, New Jersey. And this is exactly what Blinken wants to do now. So they rearm the Iranians who rearm Hamas and Hezbollah. They're still rearming the Iranians because they will not turn off the oil spout. They will not defend our troops who they've introduced into the region in significant numbers now. And they're demanding that when Israel's done, should Israel get done, that Israel carve up its country and give a third of it or more to the Palestinians. That is nuts. And this is the Democrat Party. Here is Joe Biden and Nantucket yesterday. Cut eight, Mr. Producer, go. How many days would you like to see the pause go on for? I would like to see us move to a point where we were able to... Uh, Well, let me put it this way. I'd like to see the pause go on as long as prisoners kept coming out. And that is why they're holding Americans to last. Here he is again. Cut nine, go. Mr. President, there are members of your party who would like to see conditions placed on aid to Israel. What is your view on that? They would like to see uh, reduction in the bombing. So there's members of your party who want to put conditions on aid to Israel. As the money keeps flowing to Iran. What's he say? Go ahead. I think that's a, 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 a worthwhile thought, but I don't think if I started off with that, we'd ever gotten to where we are today. We have to take this a piece at a time. I'm telling you, he's stabbing them in the back one piece at a time. These salami tactics, and they're not kosher. I know what I'm talking about. And it's regurgitated today by John Kirby at the White House. Cut 10, go. A few things here. The president uh, called conditional aid for Israel 
a worthwhile thought? Is he actually considering conditioning aid or not? What he also said, right after uh, acknowledging that it was a worthwhile thought, was that the approach he has chosen to take so far has produced results and outcomes. Uh, what, like what, what results? I mean, this, this is so sickening. They so delude themselves. Go ahead. Walked you through in my opening statement. Um, so the approach that we're taking with Israel and quite frankly with our partners in the region uh, is working. It's getting aid in to people that need it. It's getting a pause in the fighting. It's getting hostages out. It's getting Americans out. Uh, and quite frankly, we continue you to You dumb urge. bastard. You arm the enemy. You're still arming them. And they're building nuclear weapons. Listen to you, you moron. You were the same moron at the Pentagon who got up there and lied to the American people when we surrendered in Afghanistan that cost American lives, and there's still Americans over there who we've never gotten out, that they never talk about. These guys think they're brilliant. There was peace in the Middle East before these bastards came along. The Abraham Accords, Saudi Arabia, and all the rest. Those Israeli children and women and elderly, they were alive. Until this guy Kirby, the mouthpiece for the wrecking ball, Biden and Blinken, until they came into town and blew up the Middle East. It's working, America. It's working. Go ahead. The Israelis, as they conduct military operations, to do so with the utmost care for innocence of those Yeah, yeah they do so with the utmost care. Is that how we're securing the border? With the utmost care? Is that how we're protecting our citizens in our cities? With the utmost care? Is that what you're doing, you jerk? You jerk? I don't think so. With the utmost care? Anybody talk to the Palestinians about using the utmost care? The Iranians, the utmost care. The Syrians that have killed half a million of their own people, the utmost care. Here's the utmost care. Stop slaughtering the Jews and they'll leave you alone. There's your utmost care. Stay busy slaughtering each other. That's what you do. I'm not done. Now you've seen the headlines. The headlines are disastrous. Beneath the headlines are disastrous. The economy's tanking. The well-to-do are fine. The Democrats are happy as can be. But America's becoming impoverished. And the Americans who can least afford it are becoming poorer and poorer and poorer. And so we're living in this unpredictable economy. Gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. So I want to suggest that you consider diversification with gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, you should learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN to 68592, L-E-V-I-N to 68592, L-E-V-I-N to 68592, or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. AugustaPreciousMetals.com. They're there right now. Very much worth checking out their website or texting and see how this all works, in my humble opinion. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Depends on whether you care what happens to the Palestinians as opposed to the Hamas government and the people with guided missiles. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. No, wait a minute. Yes, they were. And Hamas is really smart. When they decide to rocket Israel... Wait a minute. Notice he said it's really smart if Trump had said that they'd be trashing him, wouldn't they, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Wake themselves in the hospitals, in the schools, in the highly populous areas. And they are smart. So they try... So they... Wait, wait, wait. They, so they try to put the Israelis in a position of either not defending themselves or killing innocents. They're good at it. They're smart. They've been doing this a long time. Look. They're smart. They're smart. They're smart. God, if Trump had said that. But he's telling you what they're doing because Biden's playing right into their hands, and he's okay with that. Gaza. A Gazan who escaped to Israel and converted to Judaism shares his story. And you're going to want to hear this. Because it goes against every one of the bromides that the media keeps spewing to you. The media are lying to you like they lie to you about everything else. Stick with me. We've got other issues I want to get to as well. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 So now, Israel's attack. The most violent attack since the Third Reich. And Democrats are talking about conditioning aid to Israel so that Israel can't properly defend itself. And Democrats are talking about a two-state solution in which Israel's carved up and loses at least a third of its country. And it's handed over to the PLO that Arafat created. The Democrat Party not only hates America, it hates Israel too, and it's time that we, we recognize this. 
And as I've said over the decades, since I've been behind this microphone, if you hate America, you hate Israel and vice versa. And that's what you're seeing. That's what you're seeing. Here's Eric Swalwell on MSNBC yesterday. Cut 11, go. Some of your colleagues have called for conditioning of aid to Israel. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? Well, we, we should have expectations that Israel commits to a two-state solution, that uh, Israel you know, does allow humanitarian aid in. But we should support their efforts to defeat Hamas, because uh, Hamas uh, will continue uh, you know, to bring a barbaric attack against the Jewish people and, and people uh, like the United, in the United States, who they have also declared uh, as their enemy. Again, th- there's nothing easy about this high-wire act of defeating Hamas, protecting innocent Palestinians, uh, and, and protecting uh, the Jewish state. Uh, but uh, if you step back, I, I think you have to be an aggressive listener in, in this situation. My district has one of the largest Muslim, American, and Arab populations in the country and understand uh, the Islamophobia that they're experiencing, the family members they have uh, in this conflict, and also to understand that anti-Semitism is at a peak in this country right now. And parents are concerned about their kids being out in the community. You can do all of that. You can say all right, you're running your mouth like uh, got diarrhea of the mouth. Does he sound like he's committed to Israel, Mr. Producer? He's not even committed to the United States. And so if Israel would only go to war and not harm any innocent people, quote unquote, uh, that's what we need. And Hamas targets innocent people, both Israelis and Palestinians. And so this is the mantra now, ladies and gentlemen. It's funny, I warned an Israeli official about this a few years back. I said, with immigration going as it is in our country, and the student visas, and the population growth, and the Jews becoming a smaller and smaller minority, and the Palestinian and other Muslim communities getting bigger and bigger and bigger, Israel's going to lose any leverage it may have had, even with Democrats, with Jews in their congressional districts. And that's exactly what's happening. This is so black and white. This is so good versus evil. And yet, look at this mess. Look at this mess. Here's Chris Murphy, Democrat, Senator, Connecticut. Cut 12, go. My sense is that though the Israeli people may not be planning to have Netanyahu as their prime minister for the long run, they are still united in their belief that there has to be uh, accountability. And my hope is that when they do go to the polls, that they choose uh, leadership that is going to make good on the only future that guarantees the survival of a Jewish state in the Middle East, and that is a Palestinian state. Um, there you go. There you go. And they're going to trash Netanyahu because he, he's, not, he's not bending over backwards. Go ahead. Yeah, who believed that you could ignore uh, the Palestinians, that you could try to squash their desires for a state, and ultimately that would bring peace to the region of Israel. Okay, That's just thanks not- for nothing. And then we have a so-called moderate, Representative Ro Kahana. And no, these guys are all on the weekend shows. They're pushing their propaganda. The media are pushing their propaganda. There's not a dime's worth of difference between what you're hearing and Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper and Andrea Mitchell. And the whole rest of them. Go ahead, cut 13. You see the celebrations in the West Bank with 
uh, people waving Palest- uh, Hamas flags, Hamas flags, uh, chanting slogans for Hamas. Uh, is Hamas really diminished? I mean, they, I mean, Israel wants to eliminate Hamas. It sounds like a fraction of their fighters killed. But what about what about their political support? Their military capability has been diminished with the bombing in northern Gaza. But their political support, and sometimes actually increases every time you have images of children and women killed. That's why there has to be a diplomatic solution. Until there all is right, a- thanks a lot for nothing. These guys will get us all killed. I'm going to read you something. Because I finally was able to find it during the break. I thought I was anyway. I can get rid of this ad, Mr. Producer, here. Hold on, America. Stick with me. There it is. Jerusalem Post. Gazan, who escaped Israel, converted to Judaism, shares his story. This is remarkable. Quote, in Gaza, there are no citizens who oppose Hamas. Listen. If necessary, they will murder Jews, Christians, and even Muslims. Says Dor Shakar, 46, in an interview with Ma'ariv. Born in Khan Yunus in the Gaza Strip as Amon Abu Shabbat, who escaped the Israel, converted, and now lives in Israel. According to Shakar, quote, in Gaza there are affiliated, they are affiliated with organizations like Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Fatah, Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, and others. All these organizations support the killing of Jews. Some of these organizations have infiltrated the Gaza Strip. This is a religious war. They want to take over the entire world. So now, that puts everything into context. And he's not the only one to say this. The son of the former founder of Hamas says the same thing. That he escaped, he converted to Christianity. This guy escaped, he converted to Judaism. But he says the Palestinians believe, belong to one of these organizations or another. Nobody's innocent. Obviously the children. But you know what he means? You don't hear that on CNN. You didn't hear that in a single Sunday show on the clips that I just played for you. And they want to give them a state, the Democrats. As a child, Shakar learned that Jews were murderers who took his ancestors' land and that he needed to fight them. He said, I remember once Israeli soldiers joined us for a soccer game in the neighborhood. I was maybe six years old. After this game, a soldier called me, placed something in my hand, and closed it for me. After a few seconds, I opened my hand and I saw candy. I opened it and it was tasty. I took the wrapper home and showed it to my father because I wanted him to buy me such candies. My father asked me where I got this wrapper and I told him I got it from the Jews, from the soldiers. He got up and in his anger, he warned me not to take anything from them next time because the soldiers could poison it. He said at the age of seven, Shakar recalled having a new teacher at school who said that there would be a special lesson that day. Shakar was happy because he thought the teacher would teach them to become doctors. But the teacher started talking and said the Jews were murderers of children, men, women, and the elderly. He said, quote, the Jews took your grandfather's land and you might fight for it. And whoever dies will be a martyr and go to paradise. He also said that Jews had three legs. It was unsettling to receive such indoctrination at such a young age, especially from an an authoritative figure. Quote, exactly. At that moment, I didn't feel good. My happiness turned into a nightmare, and I told the teacher that I didn't feel well. He slapped me on the cheek and took me to the principal's office. The principal asked me to stand facing the wall and gave me a slap with a rubber hose, and it burned. 
He demanded that my father come to school with me. The next day, my father came with me to school and went into the principal's office. He scolded me and told me that I needed to kill Jews. Question, is it possible your father was influenced by the ideology of the terrorists, which was active during that period, or did he genuinely believe in what he was taught? Did your father ever change his views? My father worked in Israel for 27 years, he said. Hold on one second. Good God. And even with all that time in Israel at home, he advocated for the murder of Jews. Even in the school books, it was written that we should behave this way because Jews took the land from the Palestinians. When I got home, I saw that my father had hung a rope from the ceiling. Excuse me. And threatened to hang me. He also lit a gas stove there and threatened to burn me. My mother was not allowed to intervene. Despite his father's threat, Shakar did not align with his father's demand. He said, it's like the story of our forefather Abraham. In hindsight, it's like the biblical instruction of God to Abraham. Lech, lecha. Go forth from your native land and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I feel like a messenger of the Jewish people. My mission is to warn Jews of dangers. We're all messengers of this world. The age of 11, he was exposed to Israelis when he boarded a bus to Israel without his parents' knowledge. <coughs> he said, I was curious to see those Jews with three legs. I arrived at 6.30 in the morning and saw a couple walking in Rushan Lezion. They passed me by, looked closely, searching for the third leg, he said. Towards evening, I returned home and saw my father. It was strange because he was supposed to come back on Thursday. He asked me where I'd been, and I told him with the sheep. He told me, don't lie. But he punished me. He just told he, But he didn't punish me. He just told me to go to sleep. He knew I'd been to Israel because the people on the bus, those who recognized him, told him. The next day, he told me with him to the construction site where he worked. He allowed me to prepare concrete and carry it in buckets along a long distance. It was very, very heavy, but it didn't matter to him. When Shakar was 12, his father took him to work with him in construction. When he was 13, he ran away from home and didn't return to the Gaza Strip until the age of 19 and a half. Found a job as a security guard at a construction project in Israel where he met Nissim, who would later become his adoptive father. Shakar has another adoptive family, Gur, and Emir Tsarbar, and he's in touch with both families. But Nissim, he said, he's an angel. For me, he's my father. People like him cannot be found. That's why I said we're all messengers. And as far as I'm concerned, God sent me a messenger. Later, he and his wife taught me to read and write Hebrew. They taught me to love. Afterward, Nissim invited him to celebrate the Passover Seder with him and his family, and then Shakar decided to become Jewish. I told him I wanted to be Jewish. Wait, what did you say? And I repeated the words. He was surprised by what came out of my mouth. He told me that whoever is Jewish remains Jewish, whoever is Muslim remains Muslim, whoever is Christian remains Christian. But I didn't accept that. Nissim understood my intentions and sent me up a meeting with a rabbinite and so forth and so on. Now, he is telling the world that it's not as Jake Tapper says, that it's not as Wolf Blitzer says, that it's not as John Carl of ABC says, it's not as all these people say, that there's not a dime's worth of difference between Hamas and, quote-unquote, the Palestinian. Hamas is Palestinian. Islamic Jihad of Palestine is Palestinian. Fatah is Palestinian. They're all involved in terrorism. 
And I read you that survey done by an Arab operation. That said over 80% of the Palestinians supported October 7th. Now, why can't we admit that? Why can't we admit that? I didn't make it up. So there's a huge problem. There is a huge problem. And so the Democrat Party's answer is that Israel has to give over one-third of its land mass. Mind you, it's indigenous lands going back 4,000 years. To the moderate Palestinians, the PLO that was founded by Arafat. And same with Gaza. And that's the reward the IDF and the Israelis and their dead soldiers and their dead citizens get. If they defeat Hamas, they lose their country. And now the blackmail by the Democrat Party from Biden on down is open and public. We should condition all support for Israel on Israel doing what we tell them to do. An effort led by self-hating secular Jews like Bernie Sanders, a Marxist. (coughs) Not only him, by the way. A lot of other rotten people in other faiths as well, like Joe Biden. These so-called practicing Catholic who believes in abortion on demand. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5 G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. The... Uh, The Hamas terrorists and the other terrorist organizations in Gaza are very angry at these Arab countries for not coming to their support. And not even coming to their support in an aggressively vocal way. And and they write at GatestoneInstitute.org, which is a fantastic place and a fantastic think tank, if you will, with great authors. They write there that the Arabs have really never come to the support of these, of the Palestinians in these groups. And they write, countries such as Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Egypt, and Jordan are as opposed to Hamas as they are to Israel. Hamas is another branch of the Muslim Brotherhood organization, which has long posed a threat to their national security. Remember, I talked about this a week or two ago. In 2017, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain cut ties with Qatar after accusing it of providing support for Islamist terrorists, including Hamas and the Taliban, as well as Iran. 
Saudi Arabia said the decision to cut diplomatic ties was due to Qatar's, quote, embrace of various terrorist and sectarian groups aimed at destabilizing the region, including the Muslim Brotherhood, Al-Qaeda, the Islamic State, ISIS, and militants supported by Iran and Saudi Arabia's eastern province. Egypt's foreign ministry said all attempts to stop it, that is Qatar, from supporting terrorist groups have failed. And this, of course, is who we're relying on right now, Biden is. In 2021, a Saudi court sentenced 69 Hamas members to prison terms ranging from 3 to 21 years. The Hamas members were accused of affiliation with a terrorist group. 2014, an Egyptian court banned all activities Hamas in Egypt. All of them. Including in the Sinai Peninsula. 2012, Hamas leaders were forced to leave Syria after they were accused of failing to support the Syrian regime against its opponents during the civil war. They came under scathing attack the Hamas leader did, Khalid Mashal, who had moved to Syria after being expelled from Jordan. Now, of course, he's in Qatar. 1999, the Jordanian authorities expelled Mashal and other Hamas leaders and shut their offices in the kingdom. The move came after the authorities accused the Hamas leadership of meddling in Jordan's sensitive relations with its Palestinian population. Hamas and other Palestinian terror groups have criticized the Arabs and Muslims refusing to be more hostile towards Israel since the beginning of the war. In interviews with Arab media outlet Arabi 21, Palestinians of the Gaza Strip further complained about the failure of Arabs and Muslims to come to their rescue. Once again, Hamas and its supporters have seen that their Arab and Muslim brothers are disgusted with them. Once again, Palestinians have seen that Iran and its proxies are the enemies, not only of Israel, but a growing number of Arabs and Muslims. Undoubtedly, Hamas and other Palestinians were hoping that Arab and Islamic armies would march on Israel and destroy it after October 7. But they haven't marched at all. They won't take a single Palestinian. They want nothing to do with them. So Biden and Blinken have an idea. Let's create an entire country. Carve it out of the tiny state of Israel, which is the size of New Jersey. We'll make it the size of, say, Delaware. I'll be right back. You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know what's interesting? Uh, we have a habit of pushing our allies into the hands of other countries. I'm not suggesting that'll happen here, but if the Democrats continue to threaten Israel's very survival, 
carve up the country so it cannot be defended, give aid and comfort to their enemy, that is, the Palestinians, uh, these Palestinian terrorist organizations. Um, I'm talking about specifically. And these are the same organizations opposed by all these Arab states. And then say, you know, we will, we will limit our military aid to you based on how you comply with our dictates. And continue to try and topple governments over there that they don't like, like the Netanyahu government. You know, it's interesting when Israel won its independence, the state of Israel, and people get confused with that and how long the Jewish people have been there. The Jewish people have been there for 4,000 years. But the modern state of Israel, the establishment of the state of Israel, um, it was proclaimed on May 14, 1948. Within a few hours, President Truman issued from the White House a statement that said, the United States government recognized the provisional government as the de facto authority of the new state of Israel. Two days later, the Soviet Union followed with a formal recognition of Israel through an exchange of letters by Stalin's right-hand man, Molotov, and Shatak, the foreign minister of Israel, and it said, confirming receipt of your telegram on May 16, in which you informed the government of the USSR of the proclamation on the basis of the revolution of the United Nations Resolution, November 1947, to the creation of Palestine of the independent state of Israel, make request for the recognition of the state of Israel and its provisional government by the USSR. I inform you in this letter that the government of the USSR has decided to recognize officially the state of Israel and its provisional government. So two days later, the Soviet Union recognizes Israel. And from that moment until 1967, they had formal diplomatic relations. But after the war in 1967, diplomatic relations were broken off. And they weren't resumed until 1991. Also, Israel's closest ally, when it was the state of Israel was established, was not the United States. It was France. France was Israel's closest ally. And it's believed that France provided Israel with certain technological information. I'm not giving you any information that's secret. It's out there. To enable them to build atomic weapons. It was France. Eisenhower was a little chilly toward Israel, at least at the beginning, but not toward the end. Biden is literally, despite what some Israeli officials are saying at the highest levels, the worst president in the state of Israel's history. Even worse than Obama, even though Obama's acolytes are surrounding Biden and 
in instituting their ideological agenda. The fact is, you can see since Obama's presidency that the demographics of the country, and hence the demographics of the Democrat Party, have significantly changed. There's more Islamists operating under the umbrella of the Democrat Party and receiving tenure and receiving student visas and all the rest of it than during the Obama administration. And they exist big time now. And they're being funded by billionaires, and they're being funded by the Hamas network and others. By these front groups, they get tax exemption status. And our country is being imperiled by the Democrat Party. It's being imperiled by Biden. It's being imperiled by the media. Mark Levin. You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. All right, Joe Scarborough, last Tuesday, I want you to hear this, because I'm not going to let it just pass. And he's a big hero, they love him over there at Mediaite, which is filled with prebubescent low IQ flunkies for Dan Abrams. Especially Colby Hall, who looks the part. Cut one, go. And if he is voted into office... Then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. Only, again, the only thing that stood between him and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. And this man is sick. Did he say what I thought he said here, Mr. Producer? Because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, drive from the country. Has anyone informed... Jake Tapper about this, Mr. Producer? Wolf Blitzer? The moron over at the White House press office? Has has anybody even commented on this? No. One of the things I fear, America, is that Donald Trump is in grave danger. 
because of comments like this. That he is personally and physically in grave danger because of comments like this. If you're told, and Scarborough has called him Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, I have it in my book, on Freedom of the Press. Now he says here, and there's no twisting of words like, they attempted on me. This is flat out, he says it repeatedly. He will imprison, he will execute. Whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, drive from the country. If you hear that from Scarborough and MSNBC, that if Donald Trump is elected, he will imprison and execute and drive from the country. individuals those are fighting words and I cannot believe that Comcast, NBC, MSNBC allows this fool this emotionally unstable unhinged punk to say the things that he says like this and it doesn't come under any scrutiny it doesn't, it's not condemned by any of his colleagues, it's not condemned by any of the other cable networks, it's not condemned at all. And there's Claire McCaskill on the Morning Joe last Wednesday, on the same program. Now that fat slob was a U.S. senator from Michigan. Cut to go. Uh, let me even bring in uh, what I think is also a very dangerous thread to this conversation. Please. A lot of people have tried to draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler and the use of the terminology like vermin and the, the, the drive that those men had towards autocracy and and dictatorship. The difference, though, I think makes Donald Trump even more dangerous, and that is he has no philosophy he believes in. He is not trying to expand the boundaries of the United States All of right, America. So that's enough. So Trump is more dangerous than Hitler and Mussolini. More dangerous than Hitler and Mussolini. So if you're unhinged and you make statements like this and they are broadcast nationally on MSNBC, you're given a platform to say it again if you choose. You're not admonished. There's nothing put out by the corporation that runs that company, that media company, to condemn any of it. You now have Claire McCaskill on the same show the next day saying Trump is worse than Hitler and Mussolini. I mean, he's not just trying to expand boundaries and conquer his neighbors. No. (coughs) He used that word vermin. And yet they use that word Hitler. I'll say one other thing. To use the word Hitler in a context like this 
for pure, superficial political purposes to get angry and louder than the next guy, to draw attention to yourself. When six million Jews are dead as a result of Hitler, when millions of Christians are dead as a result of history and others, when we lost hundreds of thousands of military personnel fighting the Axis power, you make statements like this from Washington, D.C. or, or Secaucus, New Jersey. You've been in the green room stuffing your face with donuts and some coffee and whatever you are. And did you get it in front of a camera and you talk like this? That Donald Trump is going to execute people? That he's worse than Hitler and Mussolini? And you have nothing but absolute silence from MSNBC? Silence. Silence from Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper. No resignations at MSNBC in condemnation of the None. No outrage from the ADL or any other organization. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it when I saw this. These people should be rooted out and removed from the media, like Joy Reid. But this is really unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's worse than Hitler. And Scarborough says in High Dungeon, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, drive from the country. And McCaskill. A lot of people have tried to draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler and then, and then Trump. The use of the terminology like vermin. You know, Donald Trump was president for four years. He didn't do anything close to the police state environment that Biden and the Democrats have created in this country, where they're trying to put their opponent in prison and his lawyers in prison and his staff in prison. And the people in the media say nothing. And the corporate media say nothing. Joe Scarborough should be removed from any public platform. Because he's a sick bastard. And Claire McCaskill, another sick bastard. Even more dangerous than Hitler. Right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I'm here, just dousing my throat. Can you douse your throat? I don't. I think it can. I think I just did it. All right, folks. We be here. Chris Christie, you know, I get an, an inkling or an instinct for people, which can be changed once you get to know them a little bit. But in the case of Chris Christie, it's reinforced over and over and over again. He's really a contemptible human being. He's a big mouth. He's a, uh, he's a bully. And you can see it's psychological, obviously, when he's growing up. He was, uh, he was sort of a spanky on Alfalfa in, uh, oh, what they call that show? The Little Rascals. Remember Spanky, Mr. Producer? Do you ever watch the black and white? Little fat kid with the hat? <clears throat> I think it was the propeller cap, whatever it was. But Spanky was kind of the leader of the crowd, so you can imagine what... Chris Christie went through, as any kid would, honestly, who's as wide as he is tall. And I don't say that uh, to demean people who have um, weight issues. I have weight issues. Constantly trying to lose weight. I just lost. Believe it or not, I've lost. I was 237 pounds, Mr. Six feet tall. I'm down to 231. I want to get to 220 and that's it. My wife says 185. I said, not in this lifetime. That ain't happening. But it was my understanding. Christy had the band, you know, and the tummy and all the rest of it. And uh, so he's got a, I think, an issue. He's got an issue so of self-confidence. So he overcompensates for it. Mark, since when did you become a psychologist? Isn't everybody a psychologist? Do I have to go to school to be a psychologist? And you psychologists who support the show, there's no offense, I'm just saying. Sit there and listen with that weird look on your face. <coughs> Excuse me. That would be a liberal psychologist, none of you in the audience. All right, anyway, but... Christie's not running to be president because he wants to be a statesman, because he wants to be a leader, because he has an essential agenda for the nation. Christie will not be president. He couldn't get elected governor again in New Jersey if his life depended on it. He's very unpopular. But he's reached the point from unpopular to despised. And of course, like most cowards, he won't come on this program. That's all right. Who cares anymore? 
But I want you to listen to this. He's on CNN. And here's what you need to understand. Most of these Sunday shows, except for Shannon Breen, of course, the lowest of the low lives go on these Sunday shows. The lowest of the low The Romneys. Romney was on there. He won't vote for Vivek or Trump. He'd vote for Biden instead. Who asked him? Who cares? Well, CBS cares. Friday, I guess they did it. <clears throat> the reason Romney's not running again is he couldn't get elected in the most Republican or one of the most Republican states in the country. We call it Utah. So here he is with Dana Bash. There's an IQ of a lobster. After it's been boiled. Dana Bash. Can anybody tell me why Dana Bash has a program? Anybody? Raise your hand. Nobody raises their hand. All the intrigue that goes on or used to go on behind the scenes at CNN. This one dating this one. This one marrying this one. This one cheating on this one. Not Dana. I'm not talking about her. But all kinds of people there. Not Dana, of course. Let's listen to this. Cut five. Go. Governor, I want to ask about the spike in hate against Jews in the United States. You told the New York Times that you believe former President Donald Trump's, quote, intolerance for everybody has contributed to the surge in anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. So, so? so stop here. Stop here. I told you what I thought of what Joe Scarborough said. What the former senator from Michigan had to say, the slob. And now Christie. That the reason we have all this anti-Semitism in America and even Islamophobia is because of Donald Trump. So literally in a handful of days, on MSNBC, Trump wants to execute people. Trump is worse than Hitler and Mussolini. Then we go to CNN and we listen to uh, the Kate Mayorka, Chris Christie. Remember, remember the, the empty beach? I talk about that, Mr. Producer. Remember there? And there he was like a sperm whale. He and the little ones and the wifey on the beach. The beach is cleared out, but there he is, the sperm whale, all by himself. And, of course, Christie is a member. He doesn't get to decide whether he's a member. I get to decide whether he's a member. He's a member of Fatties United or FU. So FU, Chris. Uh, and there he is saying that Trump is responsible. Go ahead. Well, look, when you show intolerance towards uh, everyone, which is what he yes. does, yes, um, yes. you give permission as a leader uh, yes. for others to have their intolerance come out. And so, uh, you know, intolerance towards anyone encourages intolerance towards everyone. And that's exactly what's going on He's here. not qualified to be president. He's not qualified to be anything. We have a real problem in this country with anti-Semitism. And to lay that on Trump is despicable. I can give you an arms-long list of the things Trump did for the state of Israel and to protect Jewish people in this country. I can't tell you one thing Chris Christie has ever done. That said, we have a real problem with Jew haters in this country, with tenured professors, with people coming into this country 
with the open border, people carrying the Hamas flag, they hate Trump. They're not going to vote for Trump for president. They're going to vote for Biden. And so for this slob to go on CNN and say what he says, he's just playing to a very small niche out there, ladies and gentlemen. A very small niche out there. He's running very, very hard in one state, New Hampshire. He's hoping he can come in second, maybe t- tip the, uh, the scales a little bit, and then everybody will start talking about Chris Christie. That's his whole game plan. And you know why he gets on that debate stage? Because Democrats keep contributing small amounts of money to him. They give him the numbers that he needs. Not Republicans. And because some of these, some of these puke billionaires, these uniparty billionaires, these rhino ruling class useless billionaires, some of them, they've given him money. This campaign will go the way of the Hindenburg. Which is ironic. Because from the right angle, it kind of looks like the Hindenburg. That's just me. Just me. And notice, nothing I've said compares to what these people say about Trump. Nothing. Nothing. It just goes on and on and on. The Democrat Party has many things going for it that we as conservatives simply do not. A multi-trillion dollar media, media platforms all over, radio, TV, print media. They have a percentage of the Republican Party led by the likes of a Romney and a Rove, and a Chris Christie, and a Sununu, and the rest of the reprobates, who stab their own party in the back while they demand that you and I back everything that comes out of this party. And it takes a very unusual candidate to break through, like a Reagan or a Trump. But they hate them. And they throw in with the enemy. The Democrats have something else going for them. Whoever their nominee is, they will back him no matter what. Whether they're Marxists, Islamists, whether they're phony moderates, whether they're union, whether they're non-union, whether they represent a wealthy district or a not-so-wealthy district, they will back their guy. Because as I wrote in American Marxism, and I want to thank my friends at Fox, they ought to keep repeating this. It's all about power, that's all. Look at it through the lens of power, that's all they care about. In the case of Christie, he cares about himself, his own self-aggrandizement. The same, of ha- same with Haley. She became a multimillionaire giving speeches and sitting on boards prior to the time she decided to run. She wrote a slobbering letter to Xi in the Communist Party about the fantastic relationship as governor of South Carolina, she has with the Communist Party in China and so thrilled with her investments in so many words. In fact, I think she says it more explicitly than I am. <clears throat> and then when it'll come up in the debate, I'm sure it will, what she does is she interrupts and yells over the person. And I'm about you and you and you, Vivek, 
and 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 and, and you, uh, Governor Ron, and you, and you did this, and you. Can you quiet down so other people can speak? She won't. She won't. She's exactly what I said. She's George Bush in a dress. But you know what? That's not fair to George Bush. She's much louder than George Bush. In other words, obnoxious. I'll be right back. Lovin. Well, it's a pleasure to have my buddy Brett Bear on. Brett, how are you, sir? Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm great. Luckily, you weren't here four minutes ago. <laughs> I don't think you would have liked <laughs> the things I'm saying about other people. You're very... You're straight arrow. You're one of the real news guys out there. From, from my perspective, you're not full of this hyperbole. Some things that are said. But I want to ask you a quick question before we get into some other... You're going to have John Carl on, I noticed, uh, tomorrow. So my question, maybe for him, but generally, when these reporters write these so-called tell-all books, I always wonder myself, isn't that what you're supposed to do as a reporter? When you learn information that you think is important, and again, I'm not trashing the guy, I'm just curious how this works. Uh, isn't it important to say it in real time? Or I know you yeah. don't write books like this, but that's my question. I don't. I mean, I, I agree with you, and that's one of the questions for him. Um, you know, are you saving nuggets uh, to be in the book, you know, or do you file every day with um, whatever outlet you're with? Um, I file every day. So if I have some big sourcing about some big thing, it's making it on the air at Fox. Um, and so it's a different mindset. I think he's done several books. You look at others like Maggie Haberman and others who've done books. Um, it is a cottage industry, as you know. Uh, the former president has definitely sold a lot of books. <laughs> Um, over all you know the what, time. Brad, I've written 10 books and I worked in the Reagan administration for President Reagan for Attorney General Meese for Secretary of Interior for this, all these wonderful people Don Hodel it would never occur to me to write anything about them because apart from uh, you know, this particular John Carl thing, it would never occur to me to do that because you should kind of undermine the ability of, of a cabinet member or president or, or top senior officials to actually function if they can't trust the person under them and think they're going to be collecting notes, making notes, creating scenarios, and then becoming a member of The View or writing a book or whatever it is. You see what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I will say that I, I respect John Carl in his reporting, uh, and I have over the years. Um, and, you know, I think that these sources that he's talking to, there are legitimate people here, and th they're the ones saying whatever they're saying that's uh, making these these nuggets in these books. I, I agree with you. I think uh, it has been interesting to watch how some officials do that and others don't. And you notice some of them stay under the radar for a long, long time. Um, we're going to go be into, God, Mark, as you know, we're going to be into one of the weirdest, most yes. surreal election cycles we have ever seen. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of shoes yet to drop. The other thing is, who's president now? I don't see these books written about, but honest to God, 
But isn't he the president of the United States right now? I mean, he's the one that's making life and death and all kinds of decisions for the American people. But I don't, I don't see it. You know, people did it to Reagan. Some people did it, not a lot, to Bush. Um, clearly yeah, to Bob Trump. Woodward, yeah. But you don't see a lot of it uh, when it comes to Democrats. All right, let me get off this issue. It's, uh, it's very annoying to me. Brett Barrett, <laughs> you, you, you are remarkable in many ways here. Your books are actually historically based. You learn a lot from these books. We've talked about this before. But you've written a kid's book. Is this the first kid's book you've written? And tell us about this. Yeah, it's called The History Club, a Duel Across Time. You know, the reason I wrote all these history books, and you've been great to have me on, um, and the last one was to rescue the Constitution about George Washington and the Constitutional Convention, is that I really wanted to write these things in ways that people read them, that the narrative kind of puts you in the room, and you learn something about an overlooked moment in history. But I always felt that my ultimate goal was to not just be our generation, but younger generations to get history into the bloodstream. I think that history is being totally overlooked or misinterpreted or dealt with wrong in our school systems. No, no disrespect to teachers, but it's just it's not getting through enough in my view and um, how how I look at it. So I decided, let me see if I could think about something to do that would be interesting for kids. So this is a book for eight to 14 year olds called the history club. And it's about four middle school uh, students who become friends and they're in this history club competition with other schools and they get visited after their first competition by this mysterious woman who says they need their help to fight this villain, the history twister who's changing um, history in an evil way. And it enables them to go back through time and try to solve these moments. And in the midst of that, you're kind of sneaking in real history and facts. And it's a kind of an adventure that I think really works. So is it available? I'm sure on Amazon.com. Is it available in most retail outlets? It is. It's uh, everywhere books are sold. I'm told it's out and about. So uh, I saw it in Barnes & Noble the other day. You can get it on Amazon, brettbear.com. You can order that. I just gave a speech today to hundreds of middle school students. Hold on. Don't hang and, up. Uh, I want to pursue this okay. with you. The book is Duel Across Time, The History Club, Mr. Producer. Link it up to Amazon on all our social sites, please. What a great idea for Hanukkah and Christmas. Honestly, a great idea. The timing is perfect. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. With our friend Brett Bear, the book is, and it's a great book for young people, Duel Across Time, The History Club. Perfect for Hanukkah. By the way, Hanukkah is like uh, seven days away. And Christmas is less than a month away. I'm looking at the calendar. So it's uh, great time to get the book. You can get it at Amazon.com. I have it on all my social sites now. We link right to it. So, Brett, you were saying you were meeting with a classroom of students. Yes. I, so I met uh, today with a bunch of students uh, down at Vero Beach, Florida. But a couple weeks ago when the book first came out, I went out to George H.W. Bush's library at Texas A&M at College Station. And there were probably 700 middle school students from all over Texas. 
and I had this big PowerPoint that showed some of the artwork in the, you know, it's a graphic novel and really great illustrator, Marvin Singapore. Uh, and we collaborated on, on getting what this look really is and went through the book and some of the adventures. Um, and all of these kids had amazing questions about the book and the plot, but then about history and why it's important. And I said to them, you know, I cover stuff on all sides. But for me personally, I think it's important to embrace history and not erase history because we have been through some tough times as a country. We've done some bad things in our past and we've made some mistakes, but we've evolved as a country and we need to embrace where we were and look back so that we know where we can go. And they really got into that. And one little girl raised her hand and then said, how can I be a history maker? And I said, well, you can, you're making history right now. You could be president of the United States. Anybody in this room could do anything they want to do, but you have to study. You have to really apply yourself. And, um, hopefully, you know, this opens some eyes to history. And it's really important to get to people at a very young age. You know, the Marxists have figured this out. The, um, the terrorists have figured this out. But we need to figure this out, and we need to get to our kids and other kids at a very young age. And unfortunately, a lot of times in public schools, they're teaching them the wrong thing. So it's important to grab books like yours for parents to do that and take this responsibility on themselves, no? Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, this is a fun book, but you really get history. And this one has to deal with the duel between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. And they really learn about the founding fathers, uh, but the history twister screwing it up. And Alexander Hamilton wins the duel and he gets arrested and it changes all of the history, obviously. But you learn that he was the first secretary of the treasury and that he started the U.S. Coast Guard and all kinds of really thing, uh, nuggets of history. Um, and hopefully this is going to be a real long series that uh, we'll be able to get a lot of history in, in kids' minds. You know, 7 to 14 is probably the age group. All right, folks, you can get this book anywhere, but I recommend you grab it now at Amazon.com. The book is called Duel Across Time, D-U-E-L Across Time, The History Club. We're going to have it on all my social sites, so it's easy to access, Amazon.com. Brett bears his name. Brett, we appreciate you, buddy. Great job as always. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Mark. All right. God bless. Very, very nice guy. Very, very nice guy. <clears throat> Every now and then he puts up with my rants. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Sometimes I'll kind of do a rant in a text or an email. And sometimes he'll reach out to me. He'll want my opinion on something. So, uh... He's not, he's not one of these journalists who's looking to play gotcha. He just doesn't do that. And he doesn't have, certainly it's not noticeable to me, any kind of an ideological agenda. When you watch the Jake Tappers and the Wolf Blitzers or these other people, they all have agendas. They have agendas. He doesn't have an agenda. He, re he really doesn't. I don't know. I'm catching you off guard. Do we have any regular Americans calling, Mr. Producer? Or irregular, for that matter. <clears throat> All regular. Give me one. Yes. Susan in upstate New York. WABC. Susan, how may I help you? Mark, you help us so much. And you 
to well, really you. unwind all this. And I just, when you were playing the um, the bloated uh, bureaucratic uh, governor, former governor, thank God, yeah. Christie, uh, talking about uh, alluding that Donald Trump was intolerant, that is such no, a anti-Semitism. lie. Oh, anti-Semitism, but he said because Donald Trump was intolerant that he was uh, responsible <clears throat> for mm-hmm. this anti-Semitism. And that cannot be further from the truth based on the results of Donald Trump's presidency. Because You're right. he showed through his policies, he funded black colleges permanently. He also um, was able to pass legislation for the poor minority children in uh, D.C. that were stuck in failing, dangerous... That's more than Obama ever did. Exactly. They sent their kids to, you know, limousines to that... I might add, that's more than Chris Christie ever did in New Jersey, for that matter. Completely. Now, also, Donald Trump passed more legislation to help more people of all backgrounds, but Mm -hmm. basically because... His policies to um, deregulate and to get repatriate billions of dollars back into this country mm-hmm. had an economy that was able to provide jobs even for individuals who didn't even, um, you know, have a high school education. But he- for Chris Christie to say what he said and Scarborough and Chris Christie's always welcome on MSNBC and Scarborough. And for that former senator from Michigan to say what she said, that Trump is worse than Hitler and Mussolini, worse than somebody who led the Third Reich or fascistic Italy and, uh, and or wants to execute people. This is this is why, it, you know, it's not Trump. It's not MAGA. It's none of that. The media are the most divisive, hateful poisonous entity in America. It wasn't supposed to be that way. The thinking was you have a free press, competition of ideas, and by the way, the states had libel laws, and then the U.S. Supreme Court steps in in the 1960s and basically blows them out, basically blows them out as applies to public officials. So there's really very little governing or very few boundaries for the media today, and they make these outrageous, it's like media matters. The way they manipulate information and attack not just Elon Musk, but me and everybody on Fox and everybody on talk radio and anybody who doesn't support Biden and the Democrats and on and on and on. There's a very high bar. And so they do these things and it is they who are poisoning the debate. It is they who are creating really vicious, if not violent, reactions. They're doing it. Thank you for your call, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So uh, let them eat cake Biden, Bidenomics. They're trying to persuade you that things are actually going well, that there's something wrong with you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, They try this sort of thing in totalitarian regimes all over the world. Is it going to work in this election? Is it going to work in this election? 
I mean, Bloomberg has a story in two years' <coughs> time, excuse me, rent has gone up 20%. Used cars have gone up 35%. Groceries have gone up 25%. Monthly payments on new homes have gone up 50%. And Biden <coughs> and his talking head, this guy Kirby, who is a complete fraud and a phony. They're trying to persuade you that things are actually getting better, that things are working out just well. Just well. They're not working out just well. And so what do you take from this? They are completely detached from what goes on in your life and anybody else's life. And they are going to spend Hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe up to a billion dollars to persuade you that Donald Trump is Hitler, that Donald Trump's going to destroy democracy, that Donald Trump's going to create World War III, and conversely, the border's open because of Donald Trump. And but for Donald Trump, we'd be in World War III, and but for Donald Trump, food prices would be down. And they are going to work it, work it, work it. Now, if they can call him Hitler, I guess I can call them Goebbels, right? Yeah, I think so. The Democrat Party, the Goebbels Party. The Goebbels Party. Why not? I mean, uh, if the Third Rock is in, I guess, I guess we can all talk that way. It's actually pretty sick. Let us go to Frank, Fort Wayne, Indiana. XM Satellite. Frank, how are you, sir? Good. Can yep. you hear me, Mark? Yes, sir. Yeah, the greatest. But Uh-oh. I want to kind of keep this simple and straightforward. We Go ca- for it. And this is a perfect lead into what you just brought. Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. going to work or is this not going to work? Is this country going to get it figured out? Or are we, and I don't think of anybody else that can answer the question, more educated than you. I just, I think, I don't know. Thomas makes- Friedman said, and they ran a rerun of it on Saturday, one of my great heroes, one of the geniuses of all time. I asked him, are we going to get out of this? And he said, I don't think so. I don't see how we do. I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket, but it's now or never. And it's up to this generation. It's up to you and me and everybody like us. Don't hang up, my friend. I want to send you a signed copy of The Democrat Party Hates America. And I can promise you if that book was more ubiquitous, I think we would have an effective impact on the next election. But it is what it is. How much time, Rich? Let's slip in Mordecai, New Jersey. WABC, Mordecai, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Mr. Levin. Um, we spoke, actually, we met two years ago in Vegas at RJC. Um, I'm the realtor from New Jersey in the mid-20s. Anyway, I, I just... Wait a minute, to... you're a realtor from New Jersey? You're the one? Yeah, yeah, it's me. Just kidding. Um, I, I wanted to say that, you know, I lost uh, I lost a friend. My friend was murdered on October 7th uh, at oh, the music festival. Um, another one of my friends that was also running security at that music festival is currently being held hostage in Gaza. Now... It's my opinion um, that 
the reason why this war has carried on so long is because America has uh, essentially uh, partially neutered the military capacity and capability of Israel insofar as not allowing them to operate as, you know, let them do what they need to do. Um, I, I believe you're right. I believe that's what Biden has done. And I believe he's uh, betraying Israel and he's in, in his own way sabotaging. He's a very nasty, stupid man. That's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you is, uh, what, what, is your, what is your time frame or your timeline of, of how long this is going to be? And, I, have, I don't uh, have the foggiest idea. Given my extensive military background, no, honestly, I don't have the foggiest idea, but if I were the Israelis, the sooner the better. The sooner the better. Thank you for your call. Let's send him a free copy, a signed edition of The Democrat Party Hates America. Assume the gentleman's still with us. I want to salute all you heroes out there. I want to thank you. I'm blessed to have you there. And I'll see you here tomorrow. <laughs>